these two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Bonus episode of Mackie and Judd. And actually, no Mackie and no Judd, funny enough. I'm Declan Goff, Jake DePew here. Jake, are you in Boston? Is that where you are? I am. Okay. I am. Goff and DePew. So the you, new uh, and Judd. You're, you're not advocating outside of Fenway right now for the Boston Red Sox to take Miguel Sano as we near the MLB trade deadline and you're in about 40 minutes? You know, I was going to go down there. I had my sign already, uh, but I decided to come on with you instead. Okay. Well, uh, this is the second live edition we've done here today. Obviously, the, the bigger news was Jose Barrios being traded to the Toronto Blue Jays about a few hours ago as we recorded for two pretty top-heavy prospects uh, from, from Toronto as well, which was a pretty good trade for Minnesota. They get two top 100 prospects in Austin Martin and Simeon Woods-Richardson. Um, and now, just uh, right before we started recording, another trade goes down. And honestly, I, I, I know the two prospects are, are still the headline here, but this might be the trade of the century because Josh J.A. Happ was just flipped uh, to the St. Louis Cardinals for two pitchers, John Gant and Evan Sisk. Uh, Gant being like this little bit of a swingman, starter slash reliever. At the same time, J.A. Happ has been arguably the most the, or the worst starting pitcher qualified in baseball this season. And somehow the Twins got two pitchers and John Gant, who actually might be a serviceable swingman for the Twins for this season and is also, I believe, under team control for 2022. So, Jake, uh, what do you think about that trade here as we near the MLB trade deadline? I mean, I like the trade. It's a very random trade. Um, uh, You know, I'm surprised the Cardinals did this. I don't quite understand why you would give up a serviceable reliever uh, in John Gant. I know he's having a bad year this year, but he's been, you know, Good, fine for them for a number of years. Uh, career 3.72 ERA. Uh, he's had a lot of control issues this year. Um, and then Evan Sisk is a prospect who's currently at double A, uh, 3.31 ERA, striking out 12.7 per nine. Uh, he has control issues as well. I don't quite know why the Cardinals would do that. They obviously <laughs> think they can get something out of J-Hab. Um Good luck. You know, <laughs> y- yeah, unless, <laughs> unless, unless there's some tweak that they – can make uh, that the twins, you know, haven't been able to do. It, it, it seems like a, a very strange trade from St. Louis's perspective. From the twins, I mean, it, it's a good trade. It's a small trade, obviously, but um, it's another win for them. I think, you know, I mean, you're getting a reliever who's going to be around next year, uh, who has a track record, uh, and you're getting a lottery ticket, uh, you know, reliever who's currently in Double A, um, who strikes out a ton of guys. So, you know, I mean, who knows if he'll evolve into anything? But if you can get him to uh, you know, get his his walk rate under control. Uh, he he could be something. So, um, to get those two guys for two months of J Hap, uh, is a good trade. It's a good yeah. trade for the Twins. Yeah. yeah, he seems more like a guy who's probably projects to be better in the bullpen and as a swing guy than anything else. You know, I, I don't. Maybe he'll probably have to make a start or two for the Twins, considering that they just traded Barrios. Um, and another one could be on the way. So I wouldn't be surprised he makes some spot starts here. But yeah, I, I think a, a pretty decent trade when it's all said and done for the Twins. I mean, J.A. Happ was a nice reliever in the AL East for a long time. He signed here as a free agency as as that fifth starter. And I mean, I don't think anyone thought he'd be as bad as he was here with the Twins. No. I went to his first start at Target Field and he almost threw the no-no. I mean, he had a no-no, I believe, going to the eighth inning. Um, I was at that game as a fan. Um, and it was a, a actually a pretty electric night on a, on a cool and windy night at Target Field. But that was kind of all she wrote for J.A. Happ. That was kind of his one Cinderella start. And after that, I mean, he's been a, mostly a disaster in the Twins rotation this year. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think the Cardinals are uh, hoping that they can get that version of Jay Happ for a couple of months. I mean, he does have a long track record. There's no question. I mean, he's been a good starter for a long time. Uh, but like you said, after those five, you know, April starts uh, where he was really good, he has been um, basically unplayable. I mean, it, you know, he hit. I don't think I don't know that he's had a single good start. I'd have to look at his game log, but I don't know that he's had a single good start, uh, you know, starting in like May from like May 1st on. So, um, yeah, considering that he is uh, a free agent after the year, I know that Lavelle or I don't know, maybe it wasn't Lavelle. Somebody tweeted um, that uh, I think it was actually Rosenthal uh, tweeted that the twins were sending along some money. So uh, they're going to eat at least some of his deal. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a good trade. You know, I mean, Sisk may not, evolve into anything and and john gand is sort of just kind of a uh you know back end uh or front i guess front end reliever back end starter um but again for j hap I, I thought they were just gonna have to dfa j hap yeah you know i i i really didn't see any team trading for him uh i kind of thought the same thing about alex colome uh so the fact that they get two serviceable pitchers um and one of whom is a prospect it's a good trade yeah i, I agree with trev here how do the cards accept that change? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really understand that either. Um, Hap, again, long track record, but he's basically been throwing batting practice more or less for the past couple of months. So um, no disrespect to him. He's he's had a great career, but um, it's been really bad. So uh, yeah, good for the Twins. They're three for three. Three for three this trade deadline. Yeah, so far, uh, resetting for the Twins. Yeah, they traded Nelson Cruz last week for a couple nice young pitching prospects. Obviously, Jose Barrios was dealt. Uh, for two two top 100 prospects, Austin Martin being the headline there. He was the fifth overall pick in last year's draft and the number 16th prospect in baseball. Simeon Woods Richardson struggling a little bit in double A, but still um, obviously too early to call it as, as a complete bust by any means. He's definitely nice depth in the Twins uh, prospect rankings. And hey, the Twins will take any pitching prospects they can get. Uh, some other rumors and things coming down here as we're uh, nearing the MLB trade deadline. John Morosi was tweeting out about an hour ago that the Twins trade talks on Byron Buxton are intensifying. No deal is close, but multiple teams have been involved. Jake, we've we've kind of applauded the Twins for the Nelson Cruz trade, the Jose Barrios trade, and obviously this recent trade with J.A. Happ. But how would you feel if they ended up dealing Byron Buxton by today's MLB trade deadline? So I tweeted maybe an hour ago that for me, the the return would have to be so overwhelming that you couldn't say no. And by so overwhelming, I mean significantly more than the huge return that they got from Toronto. And the reason I think that is, well, there are a couple of reasons. One, Byron Buxton is an absolute superstar uh, when he plays. His ceiling is literally like Willie Mays and Mike Trout. Um, you know, and and I just don't think you have many guys that come into your organization that have that type of ceiling. So that's the first reason. The second reason is that he's only 27, I believe. Um, So he could be around for, you know, this rebuild in 2022 and 23 and and still be a good player uh, well into his thirties, if you can sign him to an extension. So like, I just think I get giving, I I, I get trading Barrios for for this bigger return. It's, it's hard to give up your best starting pitcher, but I get it. I thought it was a good trade, even though it does signal a clear rebuild, but with Buxton, He's such a unique player, such a dynamic player that I just don't think, even with all the injuries, and I know it's a huge risk with the injuries, but I just don't think you can give up on a guy like that. I would I would sign him to something like five for 100 if he would take that with incentives boosting it up even more based on games played, played appearances, things like that. Um, but what do you think? Am I, am I uh, setting the bar too high? Should they trade him for 
a similar return as, as what they got uh, from Toronto for Barrios or what's your take? I mean, yeah, I would, I would need even more than what Toronto gave up. Um, I, I think, look, we, we were dancing around the statement of tweaks and rebuild or retooling um, in, in our last episode. I think if you trade Byron Bucks and you are in full on rebuild mode, like I, I, I don't see you being competitive unless you just call up all these kids and it's basically the 2001 twins and all of a sudden you pop up and you're great for 10 years. The odds of that are very, very low. Um, so if you would, you, if you were to trade Byron Buxton, I mean, yeah, it, it's, and also you got to remember too, even though he isn't on the field a lot, you, you still got to promote that product that's coming out there every day at target field. You know, yes. like it, 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 it's fun to put all these prospects in, in a, in a, in a vacuum and say, well, I hope, you know, at least of these six top or of these top 10 prospects, hopefully two to three, hit their true ceiling, but odds are 70% of them are going to bust. Like that, that is the biggest thing with prospects. It's, it's nice to have them and you should have a, a solid farm system by all means. But at the same time, uh, odds are 70% of these top 10 prospects are, are going to be playing, you know, independent ball in three or four years. That is a legitimate thing. So if they were to trade Byron Buxton, um, yeah, I would think that would be the nail in the coffin of we are retooling and we are rebuilding for a very, very long time. So, I, I I would I'm in the camp that I would rather keep him. I would hope you're able to even out an extension this winter. Uh, I think the five to five and one hundred contract that you were saying is something that I would probably do. Um, and maybe yeah, you put in some incentives there. Hey, games played, it can get up to one fifteen million, you know, or or the contract gets up to one twenty or something if you're able to play X amount of games. I know the language of that is tough, but it, it's what Judd said too. He literally might be the toughest free agent, toughest person to ever evaluate in, in recent memory in Major League Baseball. It's really, really so true. Um, the, the one that kind of came to mind to me, or it's not even, and it's different, it was much different circumstances because he got injured after being a stud for such a long time was Grady Sizemore in Cleveland. You know, like Grady mm. Sizemore came in for three years and four years and was arguably the best five-tool center fielder in baseball. He ends up hurting his back. He gets leg injuries. He gets nagging injuries. He's never the player he was, but when he was on the field early on, you thought, oh my God, Cleveland's going to have a, a star, basically, you know, a Mike Trout-esque player uh, for the next 10, 15 years, and then he gets injured, and he was hard to evaluate for the, for the foreseeable future of his career. Different situation with Buxton, obviously, because Buxton's really only put together one strong 140-game uh, season, uh, but it's, it's tough. It's tough to evaluate him. So like 5-100, and 100, I think I would do that, but I don't even know if the Buxton camp would, would even take that offer either. I know, I know, and it, it's hard to—it's hard to tell exactly how far apart they are. It sounded like from the athletics reporting that they—they uh, they were far apart, not on the guaranteed money as much as on how how much he could go up based on incentives. That they—that they wanted the incentives to reflect the fact that if he—if he's playing 120, 130, this is speculation, but that the Bucks and Camp wanted the incentives to reflect that if he's playing 120, 130 games a year, he should be paid uh, in line with the top players in the league, which I agree with them on that. You know, if he's playing that much, um, then chances are he's producing at a level, you know, near Mike Trout, you know, that's how good he is when he's playing. So, um, so they might have to increase the incentives more than the guarantee. I don't know, but, um, but I'm totally with you. This is, it's such a hard negotiation. You know, like I, I totally get where both sides are coming from on it. I really do. Like if, if you're the twins, it is, I mean, you're a mid-market team. It's a huge gamble to invest that much money on a player who's who's played in less, you know, fewer than 50% of his team's games over the last, what, three or four years. Um, that's a, it's a ton of risk to take on, but I just think he's so unique. 
He's just such a unique player. He's so talented to have that combination of world-class defense, hitting for power, stealing bases. I mean, he he's, a, he's just an unbelievable player. Um, and, you know, we've been talking on this podcast a lot about the next David Ortiz and all those types of things. And, and I think Buxton could be that guy, you know, like I, I, you could very easily seeing, see him going someplace like Philadelphia. I know Philadelphia has been linked to him in trade talks um, and, and finally being able to stay healthy and, and becoming that superstar player. So, uh, and you're right about the marketability too. Like who's the face of the twins now, you know, I yeah. mean, Nelson Cruz is gone. Jose Barrios is gone. I mean, Buxton, I think is the clear face of the team. So no, obviously can't be the face of the way he's uh, playing right now. Um, so, you know, I mean, he's a guy that, that fans come out to see, you know, totally. the twins don't have many players like that. I mean, mo- uh, there aren't many teams out there that have many players like that, where you pay money just to watch that guy play. Um, and, and Buxton is that guy. Uh, so, so there is that component to it as well. It's a really tough negotiation. It's a, it's a really difficult decision, but I just, I don't think they can get enough back in a trade, in my opinion, to make it worth it. Like the, the return that they get, that they got from Toronto, that would not be enough for me to part with, with Byron Buxton. And I know a lot of people will disagree with me on that and I get it, but um, I just, I would need to be so overwhelmed that you would have no choice but to say yes, you know? Um, because he can still be here. Like I said, he can, he's 27, right? He can, he can still be here through the rebuild. And I think he wants to be here. You know, I mean, I think there's been animosity with the front office after they manipulated the service time and all of that. Uh, but it does sound like he's more open to an extension than Barrios was. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think he's irked that would happen in 2018 for sure. And I know he had those quotes last week that said, you know, this is a team that drafted me. I still want to be here. There's still time to make this work. Barrios' comments were basically like, no, like I've, I've, I've hit this point in my career. I've wanted to get to free agency, and this is where I want to be eventually in a year and a half. I want to maximize my value and see what I can get in the open market. Buck has really yet to say that publicly. doesn't mean he isn't thinking it in the back of his head, or it doesn't even mean that that is his main ploy. That very well could be his ploy. Uh, to make it sound like, no, I want to be here, but when deep down he's like, I am literally counting the clock until I'm a free agent when I can cash out again. Um, but I, I would, you would need so much back. And I don't even, if you traded Buxton to get, you know, obviously a haul with prospects, I, I think you also, you need someone MLB ready right away. Like you would actually, it wouldn't even just be, hey, here's five lottery tickets and it's our organizational number one and two prospect plus depth from, you know, the bottom end. It would be, we need also something back immediately also to sell hope and sell tickets and to make this team still worthwhile in 2022. I also wonder if you trade bucks and if that's kind of a goal to it as well. It's like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're compiling all these prospects as it is from the Nelson Cruz, Jose Barrios trade, but we also need something back immediately. You know, I I wonder if there's even like, I I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but like a, a player who is, good and ready to step it's already been established and can step in and can be someone that can even even roam center field for the twins i would i would think you also need like an mlb player ready right away in that package deal yes and one that's controllable you know one that you'll have for for at least four to five years um but i agree with you i think i i don't think it can just be prospects um unless unless the the package is just so incredibly overwhelming but yeah i i think just from a a marketing standpoint, yeah, you need to you need to show the fan base that um, that you're getting some MLB talent. You know, somebody who 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 can you know be plugged in and play right now. Um, you see this comment from 
Jaden on the screen. If the Twins trade Bucks, I don't know if I could watch another game. I think there are a lot of fans that feel like that. You know, mm-hmm. I think he really is a fan favorite. Um, and I think it hurts you in terms of attendance and those sorts of things. Uh, so to me, it's just a non-starter. It, it really is. Unless, unless again, you're just, it, it, the return is just unbelievable. And I don't see a team going above and beyond what Toronto gave up for Barrios, for, for Buxton. I think there's too much uncertainty there. So um, I would be disappointed. I really would. And, and just, you know, I, I, he, he's on a personal level, he's been the most fun player I've watched uh, in a Twins uniform mm-hmm. in my lifetime, for sure. Uh, and it's, you know, it's been cool to to see him evolve from someone who was a platinum glove defender, but uh, was maybe a little bit lost at the plate earlier in his career to to this guy now who's hitting for, for power and average. I mean, his numbers from 2019 on are just are just incredible, you know, and, and he, he came back from injury uh, a couple times this year. And it was like, you know, when he came back from the, uh, from the hip strain, he was out for like 40 games. He came back and was immediately hitting home runs, you know, and extra base hits. And he only played three games and then he got hurt again. Um, But it's like, that to me was so impressive that it took him no time at all to adjust to major league pitching. He just stepped right in and was that superstar again. And so that tells you, you know, how talented he is. Um, so yeah, it, this is going to be a really, really interesting next what twenty three minutes here. Um, it, but yeah, I, I just I wouldn't move him. I, I would give him I would give him five for a hundred. I would increase the incentives. Um, I, I, I would I would lock up Byron Buxton. I really would. Well, so. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, even, you know, talking about the face of the Twins with Nelson Cruz gone, Jose Barrios gone, I mean, you can say it's Buxton right now, and I can even make a case, but the guy's only played 22 games and has barely been on the field this season. Max Kepler. Like, is is Max Kepler the face of the Twins? Like, who who is right now, if you had to, like, say a definitive circle right now, who is the face of the Minnesota Twins in 2021, even in this horrible lost season with where there are multiple games under 500 and tracking to lose 90? Who would you say is the face of the 2021 twins. Yeah, I mean, outside of Buxton, I guess Josh Donaldson, um, mm-hmm. you know, Jorge Polanco, you know, Jorge Polanco doesn't get enough credit for how durable he is. Uh, he, he's been a really durable, really solid player for a long time. He doesn't have the, the marketing appeal of Buxton um, or even Donaldson. You know, he's not a super outspoken guy. Uh, he's just a very consistent, solid player. But I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess... Donaldson, Kepler, Maeda, um, yeah, and all those guys could be gone in the next 20 minutes. So uh, this is, I think, we, you know, I, I think they're going to move one more big name, one more guy at least who's not um, a free agent after this season, whether it's Kepler, Buxton, Donaldson. Um, I'm more on board with a Donaldson trade, uh, and it would basically be gifting him to a team because you're, you know, it, it, unless you're going to eat a bunch of his salary, uh, you're going to have to sort of gift him to a team and not get much back just to get the contract off the books. But even though he's a, he's still a, a really good player and really productive. The reason I'm more on board with moving him um, is I don't think he'll want to be around for a rebuild. You know, he's chasing rings. He's what 34, 35. He's always played on good teams. I don't think he wants to be on a rebuilding team. And Jose Miranda is just shooting up prospect charts. I mean, Jose Miranda has had an absolutely insane season. Like his OPS last time I checked was over a thousand. His glove is legit. He can play all around the infield. Like to me, he, you know, if you traded Josh Donaldson in the next 20 minutes, Miranda could step in, uh, 
tomorrow and and be basically your everyday third baseman. I mean, I, I, that maybe that's a little bit aggressive, uh, but he, you know, he's shown that he's pretty close to to MLB ready, and I, I think he's going to be a big part of this this next surge of, of prospects that that come up. So, um, it, you know, it wouldn't be surprising to me if they move Donaldson, but you're going to have to find a team uh, who's willing to take on that contract. Um, or you're going to have to eat a bunch of it if you want to get anything back in return. And, and, and you know, when we were doing the podcast earlier, I said he doesn't have trade value. And one of the commenters was like, well, what do you mean? He's still got a good bat and a good glove. And yes, he's still a very good player, very good player, but he's owed $55 million, Um, And I don't think he would get that much if he was a free agent right now. You know, so, um, yeah, I, I think they're probably looking to move that. It's a matter of finding the right fit. Um, you might have to attach him to a Maeda or a Kepler yeah. um, to, to get something back. So, um, But I don't think they're done. I don't think they're done. I think they've got at least one big splash uh, left in them. So so what does this mean for 2022? Like in your, in your mind, is this just a total punt? Even if they don't make any more moves, is this just a total punt on 2022? Uh- I want to say that in 2022, because, you know, I um, I don't like to use like regression and, you know, uh, uh, overachieving a little bit, but I, I feel like this is the worst as it gets, even though there's been some narratives out there like, oh, I'll just run it back. Oh, we've had bad luck. Oh, there's bad timing. Oh, there's a COVID issue. Like there, there's every excuse has happened in the book. And I, I kind of despise and loathe most of those to that point, though. I mean, you would assume that the twins should win a few more games and they're projected to win um going into 2022 but then you know in 2020 and 2011 excuse me when the rug got completely pulled under them and you know they go out and they sign josh willingham right and it's like oh okay you know a little josh willingham they should be a little better and what they won like three more games from 2011 to 2012 if if 22 is a full-on punt um i i i think like best case scenario as it's tracking right now and obviously you know free agent ads and everything that happens else in this off season, like if, if they won seventy five games, if they if they flirted with winning eighty games, it would be um, a, a stroke of breath air for for that franchise. But right now, uh, with how just crappy the division is, and by the way, the White Sox are going for it. I mean, my God, they gave up they gave up Nicky Madrigal, who is an awesome second baseman for them. They're just saying we're going to load up on our bullpen and say, hey, it's Craig Kimbrell and, and Liam Hendricks. Like, oh my God, like that's shades of you know those Royals teams that had Greg Holland and them in, in their back end of the rotation when they won their World Series in 2015. Um, the the division is so bad, even though the White Sox have the stranglehold on it. You'd like to think that maybe in 2022 they can win a few more games, but I mean, th- there's really no reason to think, unless all their prospects come up and hit, which never seems to happen uh, in baseball, that they're like, yeah, they're probably going to be a 70 to 75 win team best case scenario as it's constructed uh, and making an educated guess nine months out right now on July 30th. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I just don't think the rotation without Barrios and potentially without Maeda, if he gets moved here in the next 20 minutes or in the off season, it, it's hard to see uh, uh, the rotation being anywhere near uh, what they would need to, to make a playoff run. I mean, again, who knows who they'll sign in free agency, but um, I think, I think this is basically a punt on 2022. I, I really do. But to get back to your point about the White Sox training for Kimbrell, um, I know we've hit on this a ton, but like the White Sox are really going for it. Like they understand that they're a World Series contender and they're really going for it. And to go back to the 2019 Twins, like this is, that's what needed to happen with that team. In, in their case, it was getting a starter. Um, and 
and they just they just couldn't pull the trigger, you know. And and whether it was the Mets not calling them back or whatever, like they said, or 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 I guess it was the Blue Jays with Stroman or whatever. But um, like they needed they needed that one piece so bad, that one asset. Um, and and they didn't know Pineda was going to get suspended. I get that, but even even with Pineda, I don't think that's a playoff rotation that could win you a World Series. You know, with Barrios, Odorizzi, Pineda. Like to me, they really needed to to get one more frontline starter in 2019. And this organization's history, whether it's Falvey and Levine or Terry Ryan um, or Bill Smith, has been. Uh, really never pushing all of your chips into the into the middle of the table and going for it in in seasons where you have a real chance you know going all the way back to 2010 and not trading it for Cliff Lee when they had the chance you know um, and I do think that 2019 team was really special uh, it's the greatest power hitting team uh, you know in MLB history I know the balls were juiced but still uh, and they were just they were one big time starter away uh, and it's it's been it's been disappointing to me to see this franchise over and over not pull the trigger for uh, an asset that could put you over the top in a in a winning season. Quick little so. revisionist history for you, Jake. If you could go back yeah. in either 2010 or 2019, and I believe 2010, obviously, yeah, Cliff Lee was was the big fish that the Twins could have gotten, but they weren't able to part with Aaron Hicks. 2019 is a little trickier because you know, like Greinke was out there, but there was a no trade clause. Mad Bum was out there, but he was no longer the guy he used to be. If you could go back and redo a trade deadline, assuming you can get Cliff Lee in 2010 or assuming you can get, you know, a Zach Greinke in 2019, which one would you have done and which team do you think had the better chance of legitimately making a run uh, to a World Series? Well, the fr- I, so this isn't a trade deadline, but the first thing I would have done is uh, is not have Francisco Liriano get hurt. Like if I could make one move in franchise sure. history to yeah. alter to alter uh, one season, it would be it would be Liriano staying healthy in 2006 because I think Santana and Liriano that year with mm-hmm. that team uh, had a had a real chance. But um, as far as the deadline, yeah, 2010 was a good team, but that 2019 team to me was really special. I mean, they won 101 games, uh, that lineup, everybody was having a, a career year. So yeah, I, I would have got, I, if I could make one change, it would have been getting a Greinke, uh, or getting someone of that caliber. Uh, and maybe it means giving up a Royce Lewis, right? I mean, we just saw the Blue Jays give up a, a similarly rated prospect, uh, in, in, uh, Austin Martin, you know, to get, to get Barrios, uh, for, for a year and a half, you know, I mean, sometimes you have to, uh, part with guys that, that, you know, would be a big part of your future. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I, I think trading a, a Royce Lewis or an Alex Kirilov back in 2019 for a frontline starter, that, that, that would be my move. What about you? Yeah, I, th- I think I'd, I, I want to go back to 2010 a little bit just because that lineup was pretty rounded out. Morno's injuries also probably even the bigger kicker that like Justin Morno was going to win an MVP in 2010 if he doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, take that collision in Toronto. Um, so that that part's a little trickier, but I think if you would have gotten Cliff Lee, your number two uh, would then be Lariano, not starting opening day. I, th- that 2010 era, in my opinion, it wasn't weak, but like the Texas Rangers, you know, were twice away from winning a World Series that year. And I know San Francisco had their pitching at an all-time high at that time, but I think I look at the AL, and in 2010, I think it was vulnerable. And if Cliff Lee was there for the Twins... I think they do end up at least, or at least for God's sakes, winning a playoff game. Because that's another thing, too. We keep talking about, can they make a run of the World Series? We've watched 19, 19 
consecutive playoff games without getting a single victory. What is it like 165 innings? I don't even. I really don't even know how it's humanly possible to play that many innings and not not once you run you walked away with one win. Um, and it's extremely frustrating. But I, I think if I had to go back and do it again, I would probably revisit 2010 and trade for Cliff Lee, give up Aaron Hicks and Wilson Ramos if that's what it would have cost to to make that happen. And Cliff Lee, man, I mean, he was dynamite from 2008 to 2013, and and he would have fit right in as an ace for this team. So, yeah, I, I think I probably would have gone 2010 over 2019. Yeah, the, I mean, b- both are both are good options, and both are are good examples of, unfortunately, the Twins uh, not really going for it. Um, I, I do want to – I've been seeing some stuff on Twitter, and, and uh, Bob is just commenting. So, Andrelton Simmons, you know, are they going to be able to move him? Because, I, I you know, to me – he is a guy that was probably number one on my list. Like number one on my list, if you mm-hmm. ask me who's who's guaranteed to be moved, uh, I would have said Angelton Simmons was at the top of that list. I don't think they can get really much for him. I mean, his OPS, I believe, is hovering right around six hundred. Yeah. Um, but I'd be shocked if they didn't move him, uh, even if it's just for you know low level prospect or just to eat some money. Um, I'd be I'd be really surprised if they don't move him. As far as as far as other trade targets, uh, Taylor Rogers, right? So there's a lot of uncertainty with how severe this injury is. Uh, but if you're if you're the Twins and you know that he's going to be back at some point, you can tell teams, you know, he, he, look, he might not be back till September, but um, but he will be back this year. What would it take for you to move Taylor Rogers? I would. You know, when before the injury, I would have said, you know, because relievers are always something teams end up buying. We just saw what. Uh, Craig Kimbrell went for with the White Sox. They now, you know, they, the, the Cubs get at least a decent second baseman, Nicky Madrigal, to work around for the next few seasons. Um, I originally thought you could get, you know, a, a fifth or sixth prospect for him. At this point, I kind of want to go back to that same thing I said about Buxton. Can you get another everyday player in return? Can you get another equivalent, maybe not as high leverage and successful reliever as Taylor Rogers, but can you get a competent, you know, higher tier reliever that can shut down a seventh or eighth, ninth inning for you? Um I don't even know if, again, with some of these guys, yeah, you're going to sell them off for prospects. You know, Robles, Simmons, Pineda, you kind of just take what you can get. But you do still have to get something in the major league return. And I I think if I'm a team that's looking for something, can you give me something that you have right now that's still under team control, maybe pre-arb or close to arbitration that we can plug in in 2022 and help our team? Because eventually, you know, like you you can stockpile these prospects you want, you do need something MLB ready in return. You know, like when right when they traded Ryan Dozier, you know, they got Logan Forsythe back. Yeah, not like someone you're going to build around and re-sign, but it was at least it was someone you can plug and play in your lineup and every day. And it's like, all right, at least we have something there at second base. Can you get something back in return that's like major league ready and established? Um, Taylor Rogers is a damn good reliever. Um, I mean, I think people really quietly sleep on him. He's really one of the, he's not Josh Hader. He's not a Royal H. Chapman, but he is legitimately one of the most high leverage successful relievers in baseball. So, I wonder, again, if you can get something that is major league ready that you can plug and play or at least have it worth selling hope for in 2022 that if you're trading some of these players, you can get at least something back to make the product worthwhile on the field in 2022. Yeah, I, I think I think getting an MLB player with uh, several years of control is is a good goal. I, I, I would give up. I, I'd be really surprised if they don't move Taylor Rogers unless this is a season-ending injury. Uh, to me, his value will never be higher, even with even with the injury, like obviously it sucks. It's terrible timing for the twins. Um, but assuming that he'll be back sometime in September, right? Like you need, 
shutdown relievers like like Rogers, really, I mean, you're, you're acquiring them for October, you know, um, and of course they can help you down the stretch in a playoff race. But like when those guys really make their their value, you know, known, you know, make their value worth it um, is is in October. I mean, we saw it with Raldis Chapman with, with the Cubs. Uh, there are tons of examples. So if if the medicals show that, you know, he this is like a four to six week injury. If I'm a contending team, I would still absolutely go after Taylor Rogers and give close to the same uh, amount in terms of prospect capital or major league ready players as I would if, if he was hurt, obviously it brings down his value a little bit, but, um, but if he's ready for September and October, uh, I still give up a lot if I'm a contender for Taylor Rogers. So I, I, I would look still for him to get moved. If again, he's going to be back this year. I know it had been reported that um, he was going to get a second and third opinion uh, on that, on that finger. And I'm sure part of the reason they were having him get so many different opinions is, was because he was obviously, uh, you know, uh, on the trade market. Um, but yeah, I, you know, you could trade him in the off season, of course, but um, you're maximizing your value if you trade him now. So um, I'm still, I'm hoping that they can find a taker for, for Taylor Rogers. Uh, but, it, but it, it does all depend on the medicals. Uh, going back uh, to Anderson Simmons really quick. Cause again, like you'd yeah. like to think that some teams, need shortstops, right? Like some, some contending team would need a shortstop. Well, you look up and down the list, at least the division winners, right? Like the Boston Red Sox. Well, Andrew Bogarts is pretty damn good. They're not going to trade him. Uh, the White Sox have Tim Anderson. Again, maybe one of my favorite players in baseball. They, I don't, they don't need a shortstop either. Houston Astros have Carlos Correa. The Mets have Francisco Lindor. The Brewers traded for Willie Adamas from the Rays. Um, the San Francisco Giants, is, uh, is Crawford still their shortstop in San Francisco? I think so. so yeah. like, may- yep. like maybe, maybe San Francisco would bite as an out Andrelton Simmons as, as like an insurance policy, but all like the first place established teams, you know, San Diego Padres, they obviously don't, they, they certainly don't need a shortstop, but like all these contending teams for the most part, I know the reds were someone that kicked some tires. So right. maybe that might be the most logical suitor. Does Cincinnati want to give up um, even like their 11th or 12th prospect or again, I hate I, not to be a broken record, but like, can we do a swap? Can we just do a, a legitimate major league player, major league player swap, swap where we both benefit? You guys get a shortstop, twins get something back in return that can help them right now and maybe beyond 2021. Um, all these contending teams basically have shortstops that are arguably all of them are the best respective in their game. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I mean, there aren't a lot of contenders that need a shortstop. Uh, the Reds, like you said, I think that they've been the, the team that's been heavily rumored to to be interested in Simmons. Um, I, I could see a team uh, like the Yankees acquiring him just as a defensive replacement. You know, I mean, he has he's so good defensively. And again, if they were to make a trade like that, you're the twins aren't going to get much back in return, but like he's so good defensively uh, that he could have value for a contending team just as, you know, an eighth or ninth inning defensive replacement. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, there, there aren't many first place teams or, or contending teams that, that need somebody like him. I just, there's just like, if you can literally get anything for him, I think you have to do it because there's absolutely no reason to have Andrelton Simmons on a losing team. You know, I mean, August and September is going to be all about playing playing prospects and playing young kids and, and to get at Alex's comment, assuming no more trades, what, what do we do now? I mean, I think the short answer is just play the kids, you know, and they already have been playing the kids obviously with, with Larnick and, and Kirilov before he got hurt and, uh, and Nick Gordon. But like, I think, you know, you, you bring up some of these guys that are at AAA, eventually Joe, Joe Ryan, after he gets back from the Olympics and Drew Strotman, um, you know, maybe Austin Martin, probably not this year for Austin Martin, but, um, you know, bring up Jose Miranda, 
and and you know if Jahan Duran and and Belzovic are healthy, uh, they could get innings as well. So um, you know, there's just there's just zero reason for for Andrelton Simmons. Like I I would almost just DFA him if they can't trade him, and that's not no disrespect to Simmons, but like why even keep him on the on the team? Uh, if he's going to take innings away from somebody like Nick Gordon, you know, I mean, it's, it's debatable whether Nick Gordon can stick at shortstop. I think most evaluators say he can't stick there defensively, uh, but this is the perfect opportunity in a lost season uh, to see whether he can be adequate at shortstop and become a, a true super utility guy. Um, you know, the way that maybe they're envisioning Royce Lewis eventually being, because he's shown that he can play center field. He's shown he can play second base and he was a shortstop coming up. So like, let's, you know, why not give him innings there uh, over these final two months? So hopefully they can find some sort of taker for, uh, for Andrelton Simmons and Colin May and, and all of those guys as well. Sure. Uh, a big trade coming down around the league. Chris Bryant is heading to the San Francisco Giants from the Cubs. So a big trade. I mean, that, man, that, that Cubs team, Obviously, a fun World Series in 2016, ending that curse with Rizzo and Bryant. And now, all of a sudden, talking about another team that is just realizing that, hey, we had a window. We obviously got the World Series. You could even make a case it was a half-filled expectation. But when you're a Chicago Cubs fan, you'll take one World Series for sure out of all that. But they were able to recognize that, hey, this era is now ending. Like, we, we, we had a window between, what, 2014 and... 2018 mm-hmm. to make a serious run to be World Series contenders. You really only got the one. Yeah, you got, you got the World Series championship in 2016. So all things considered, yeah, worth it. But I, I respect that the Cubs and obviously want some of the best uh, front office executives over there that they realize that hey, this window's ending. It's time for us to reset and retool and reload again. I mean, even though the the Twins and Falvin are sellers right now, this is obviously their best trade deadline already. You know, and I know, we oh, yeah. and, and I know we can't evaluate these prospects for you know th- three years, two years at the earliest. But it is already the best trade deadline they've ever had. You know, like you know, they, they obviously sold off in 2017. That team ended up making the playoffs. Uh, 2018, they punted on all those free agents that were a disaster. 2019, they basically were idle and just added Sergio Romo. If you would have done that seven years ago, I guess that would have been a better trade. But yeah, I missed opportunity there. 2020, a completely different season with being a wash year. But this is obviously the honestly the best trade deadline it's, and it's because they're sellers it's 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 kind of a funny concept when you really think about it for the falvin derek falvin and thad levine era yeah and i you know in my view they've done a lot of good they've also missed on a lot and i think trade deadlines are i don't think they've won a trade deadline yet like to me this is the first trade deadline that they're going to win unfortunately they're in a position to win this trade deadline because they have to be sellers because the season has been so bad, but like you just, you just ran through it. Um, Other than the Eduardo Escobar trade in 2018, uh, which brought back Duran uh, there have been, there's really hasn't been much to point to at all. You know, I mean, and even looking at non-trade deadline trades uh, like Jake Cave for uh, Luis Gill um, uh, with the Yankees, who's now a legitimate prospect for them. He's on their 40 man and putting up really good numbers. Uh, they, they traded him for uh, for Jake Cave. So there haven't been many really successful trades uh, it, during their tenure. I, I'm, I, I'm sure I'm missing on a couple, but for the most part, uh, they haven't been good. You know, the Sam Dyson trade obviously is not good. The, the Romo trade was good, and they got Chris Valamont in that trade as well, um, who, who's, uh, you know, a, a nice prospect. But um, overall, I think this is the first trade deadline that we can really look at with these guys and say, and say that they – they won the deadline and they did what, what needed to be done. Um, 2019 is still the biggest uh, mark against them for sure. Uh, and I didn't really buy their excuse that um, 
Toronto didn't call them back or whatever it was like to me that that was a pretty weak excuse um, in the Stroman uh, negotiations. But um, yeah, they have, they've done a good job so far, but I'm still wondering, like we're we're one minute away here. Like is Michael Pineda going to go? I mean, you got to get something for Pineda, right? If they get two guys for Jay Happ, you'd think they could get something for, uh, Michael Pineda, but I haven't seen anything yet on Twitter unless I'm missing yeah, something. Yeah, we're we're obviously uh, coming up here on Cinderella's pumpkin, but also, I mean, trades still linger past a few minutes, right? Like it's right. not like like once it's three right. o'clock and there was no tweet that Jeff Passan said this didn't happen. Like obviously, things will still probably trickle in for about ten fifteen minutes after the three p.m. deadline. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be I'd be shocked if you know guys like Robles and Simmons aren't moved here. Um, is, Pineda is the probably one that would shock me the most. I mean, so, someone would love Michael Pineda. I mean. We we ran we ran down the issues with Angel and Simmons and all these contending teams having their shortstop situations basically established already. Uh, but Michael Pineda, I mean, you could make a case could make be a solid three or four on basically any rotation here. I'm a little shocked that no one has even picked up the phone and offered something for him. So I, I think that one's probably going to one that that shocks me the most if he's not moved. Yeah, and and like you said, stuff still trickles in uh, for a few minutes after the deadline, but. Um... But yeah, I mean, I, I would think, you know, based on the return for Jay Happ, who's, who's been, you know, I mean, let's just call it what it is. He's been awful this year. I mean, Pineda has an ERA under four. I know that he has, you know, had injury issues. I know the VLO was a little bit down. Um, but still, I mean, he is, to me, a quality number four starter for a contending team. Is he in your playoff rotation? Maybe not, but is he a guy that can eat innings and, and give you quality starts? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I would think that they could get a prospect somewhere in the 20 to 30 range, you know, into a, an organizational prospect in the 20 to 30 range um, from a contender. And so I, I've got to think that that something's going to trickle in on him, again, unless they sign him to an extension. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is possible they could sign some of these guys to an extension. I'd be a little bit – I don't know if I'd want to sign Pineda to an extension just given um, – how much time he's missed uh, when he's been with the twins and he's, he's in his thirties now. Uh, maybe they sign him for, you know, one more year, but um, yeah, with, I mean, Simmons, Robles, Pineda, uh, all three of those guys, I, I fully expect to be moved. Uh, and maybe it's just, it just hasn't popped up here yet, but uh, yeah, I, I, there's no, there's no reason to have any of those guys on the, on the 2021 roster anymore. That's for sure. So uh, a little bit of, if you want to call it breaking news. A Byron Buxton update from Ken Rosenthal. No Buxton trade, staying with the Twins. No Buxton trade, staying with the Twins from Ken Rosenthal as we have hit the 3 p.m. Central, 4 Eastern MLB trade deadline. So it looks like, at least for now, uh, Byron Buxton will be staying put and maybe you're able to figure out a contract extension this winter, but you will hopefully see Byron Buxton roaming center field at some point again soon here um, in the month of August as it's July 30th today. Good. I think that's the right call. Uh, I, I I don't think they would have gotten back what they needed to get back to, to move him. And like you said, the goal is an extension, right? Uh, I still think they can get that done. I think with Barrios leaving, uh, they got 5 million off the books with Cruz. Um, you know, they can, they can, you know, slash payroll a little bit more. You do what, whatever you have to take whatever you have to do, you do whatever it takes to, to lock up a guy like Buxton. Um, I know there are some fans that totally disagree with me on that. And I, I understand that and respect that, you know, he does only play in 50% of the games or, or fewer, but um, he's just, he, he's a franchise player to me. Like, mm-hmm. and it, I guess, I guess with Buxton too, you have to look at his injuries and say, 
with, how many of those injuries were just freak bad luck, you know? Right. And I think qu- quite a few of them were. Like, certainly there have been some where he's run into walls. Like in 2019 in Miami, you know, he needed season-ending shoulder surgery, ran into a wall. Um, you know, there, there have been some where maybe he was over-aggressive. Uh, in Cleveland, I believe, when he dove and, and smacked his, you know, hit his head and got a concussion. Um, maybe you could say that's being over overly aggressive. I don't know. Um, that's that's just who Buxton is. It's how he plays. He plays hard. Uh, but a lot of his injuries have been just bad luck. You know, I mean, he got hit in the head by a pitch in that Cincinnati series last year, like two games before the playoffs, uh, and got a concussion and still tried to play um, in the playoffs. You know, he he's gotten hit in the wrist a couple of times now. Uh, you know, one time I, I think it was, a, it was, uh, I mean, this latest time it was a fracture of right, either his wrist or maybe his pinky finger. And then he had like a wrist strain, I think, uh, when he got hit maybe back in 2019, um, he fouled the ball off his foot in 2018 and broke a bone. So I do think there has been quite a bit of bad luck with Buxton. I, I mean, certainly the injury prone label is obviously fair. Anytime you miss that much time that, that, that is fair. Um, but I think you have to assume at some point the luck is going to turn around a little bit and he's going to be able to put together a season where he at least plays 100 to 120 games. You know, I don't Absolutely. see this continuing where he where he can only play 40 or 50 games a year. I've got to think at some point he's he's going to be able to put together uh, at least, you know, like two thirds of the season. And if he does that, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. One more piece here. Oh. Mark Feinstein reporting. Despite a number of conversations, the Twins did not trade Byron Buxton, Michael Pineda, or Josh Donaldson before the trade deadline. The news trickling in here. Byron Buxton will be staying put. Uh, Also, Dohung Park of MLB.com reporting also they did not trade Pineda. So Michael Pineda staying put for the Minnesota Twins. Um, I guess, you know, no one wanted to give up anything worthwhile. I mean, you, you do need pitching. You need someone to throw the ball. Uh, for this team that isn't, you know, basically town ball guys. Uh, but I'm a little surprised Pineda wasn't moved. So that and that that almost am, like we wrap it up. Yeah, that is that is shocking uh, to me. Surprising. I am true. So yeah, I, I am too. I, I I was I really thought he was just so Feinstein said no Buxton, no no Pineda. Who who's the third? Uh he said no Buxton, no Pineda, no Donaldson. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, Buxton Pineda Donaldson. So they'll all be staying put. Okay. Well uh, I mean, look, if you want to, if you want to use the half glass full, uh, view, I mean, Donaldson is still a very good player. I mean, he's still a productive yeah. player. Um, again, I don't know that he's going to want to be around for a rebuild, but, uh, maybe, you know, maybe the twins and, and Donaldson think that they, that this is more of a retool. I, I don't see it that way, but, um, yeah. And he could still be moved in the off season, of course, but, mm-hmm. um, and Kepler too. So, so you were, you were a guy that was in on Kepler for a long time and, and, and I, I thought that was uh, a really smart idea, you know, to, to to your idea of moving Kepler with with Kirloff and Larnick in the fold. I do think at some point he becomes expendable. You know, maybe that uh, yeah. is more in the offseason. I, w- I would say um, just really quick uh, as we wrap up here. And by the way, thank you. This is our second uh, live trade deadline thing we've done today on the Score North YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. We'll have some Wolves conversation going out tomorrow. We'll still have plenty more uh, Twins dissection. Um, and trying to make this last, uh, what, two months very relevant. Well, and I'm sure you and I know you and I are going to talk on Monday with uh, just kind of recapping the deadline and what's next for the rest of the season. So we'll be doing that. Hit that subscribe button for daily content. Also, our Purple Daily channel as well for Minnesota Vikings content. Judd Zolgad's at uh, Vikings training camp right now, pumping out other stuff. Uh, but I guess to wrap here, like if, if 
you didn't move these guys, and there's other players you can maybe still move in the offseason. I think Max Kepler is the most likely player to be traded this offseason. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think he's still a, he's he's such a weird player. He's got power. He has a good eye. He can't hit for average to save his life. He is a decent athletic fielder. He's a very good right fielder, you know, average at best center fielder. But I, I think a team would like to have him. I think he's probably the one that I would assume would be the most likely to be moved this winter. And again, with those corner jams, uh, Larnick, Kirloff, et cetera, I just think it makes a lot of sense uh, to, to most likely part with them this winter. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. I think he is a solid player, but I think he's expendable with uh, with all those guys, you know, in the corners. Just real quick before we mm-hmm. sign off here, uh, it's, it's being reported that the Chris Bryant trade uh, to the Giants, uh, they got the the Cubs got back uh, Joey Bart and Lamont Wade Jr. Hey, your guy, my guy, yeah, my guy, Lamont Wade Jr. going to the Cubs. So. Um, you know he's having a, a fantastic year for the Giants, uh, and and is and has become a, a trade asset. So that's interesting. So good for him, I guess. I mean, I, maybe he may not want to leave San Francisco, but uh, it shows what the what the rest of the league thinks about Lamont Way Jr. That he's part of a package for Chris Bryant. Yeah, so. he, he put together a really really nice season there in San Francisco, and I know you were a team number one team, uh, Lamont Way Jr. Maybe if that wasn't <laughs> bloodline. You know, like I know you were a big yes, big, yes. big fan of him. Uh, I, was, I, uh, was, I was. Final thoughts, Jake DePew, before we wrap up here. And again, we'll we'll talk on Monday as well. But any final thoughts from you as the trade deadline is come and gone? Yeah, uh, I think it's a good a good deadline for the Twins. I really do. I think the, the Cruz trade and, and the Barrios trade today were, were both solid. I'm really surprised they didn't move Pineda. Um, I, I don't know that that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, but, but that's more of a minor move. You know, they weren't going to get back a, a huge haul for him. Uh, but it is surprising. But overall, uh, a good trade deadline for the Twins. They've certainly uh, restocked their farm system. Uh, they've got a ton of guys in the upper minors now. And so it's it's a matter of developing them, both position players and pitchers, and, into, into you know, legit MLB players and get ready for the next wave. Um, and I think, you know, the contention, the window of con- of contending probably opens again uh, in 2023. I think this does mean that we're in kind of a rebuild mold right now. Yeah, I'll, so. I'll definitely. I mean, my final thoughts are, I mean, you got a haul for Barrios. That was great. The Nelson Cruz trade last week was pretty solid. I still can't believe you got more than just a bag of baseballs for Jay Happ. So that that's also a pretty big win. Um, I know I did see the Twins report uh, tweeted that Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson would report to double A Wichita. Um, would love to see those guys in St. Paul. I, I'm guessing Joe Ryan will probably go right there um, what, once this Olympic is ending. I went to the Saints game on Tuesday when they were up like 13 nothing after three innings. Um, but now that now that these prospects are there, and again, I love the Saint, I love me some St. Paul Saints baseball. I worked there even for two years when I was in college. Um, I'm excited to some, watch some of these kids in St. Paul's too. This is going to be a lot of fun watching them as well. And I know you're all the way out in Boston, but uh, I'm excited to watch these kids play in St. Paul. No, it's a good time to be a baseball fan in the Twin Cities if you're into prospects, for sure, because you're going to get to see a bunch of talent in in St. Paul with the Saints. All right, Absolutely. Jake DePew, thank you very much, sir. Uh, you and I will talk um, on Monday as well. Uh, for everyone watching us, thank you so much. Uh, rate us, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. Hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports content. On the Wild, Twins, Vikings, Wolves, we have you covered here on Mackie and Judd. We will uh, talk to you guys tomorrow. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, 
Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.